Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. Well, that means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Oh, God, I'm clean out of air in my lungs. It's all gone. Play it so nonchalant. It's time we dance with the truth. Move along with the truth. So this week, Sean, uh, and I think I disclosed this to you, uh, I was talking to Max on, was it, was it Thursday? Anyways, earlier, earlier this week, and we were having some discussions about like just living spaces and stuff like that. And I had such a, a bee in my bonnet over the, the space in my room. Uh, I, you know, as, as Max noted, I, I left work early, came home and continued working. But also rearranged my room to to I guess try to better use the space. I have a big uh, chair that's in there, a big leather chair, and I never used it. And now that I've rearranged my room, it has given me. I think it's part of it is placebo effect. But now I'm like, oh, this is excellent. I want to use my room more. And I don't. I don't think it's because it's something I've been thinking about longer than that. Um, and I don't think it necessarily has to do with the article that I shared with you two earlier this week, but it does dovetail really nicely with that. Well, uh, so so what you're saying is that you engaged in um, a, a Chinese philosophical system of har- harmonizing with one's surrounding environment uh, by re- rearranging your furniture. Yeah, so what I'm saying is, is I did some feng shui. Yeah. Well... You know what? You know what? This whole thing is just—it's going to make me mad. So let's go ahead and let's rip that bandaid off and do it. Um, <laughs> you sent us an article um, that that said uh, y- your message when you sent it to us was uh, this oh, yeah. isn't as silly as it sounds. Yeah, um, and then you shared with us a link to an article entitled. Is Ikigai the new Huga? Uh, to which I responded, after reading it, it is exactly as silly as it sounds. And because if I try to summarize what's in this piece, uh, I my head will actually melt, and this will be the last episode of this podcast ever. Why don't you explain uh, this? What, what's going on here? So, uh, yeah, so... What this article shares is in Huga, spelled H-Y-G-G-E, is the Scandinavian, I think it's uh, Danish specifically, but Scandinavian region term for uh, kind of seeking happiness in the small things. It also is often translated to cozy. Uh, It's a word that's been around, I guess you could call it lifestyle websites for a number of years, and people try to capture it by candles and and in the winter time, really, those darker months, finding coziness. Um, I wouldn't ikigai, call it many years. Uh, but, I feel like it's it's been it's been a couple of years. I mean, the, but the, the intern is heading to Google Trends right now. Yeah. So as the intern does that, so ikigai, which we're trying our best to say these other words. We're just a few dumb Americans on this podcast, or at least I am. Um, it, it is. It is a Japanese term, and in the article it discloses, you know, is this the new huga? Um, 
and this is a I think the direct translation or, or the, the best one they had is reason for living yeah. um, and there's also an idea that you have you have purpose in life it helps you with your purpose in life and specifically um, the people of Okinawa uh, uh, apparently really pursue it and you know the article introduces these these terms and when i said it's not a silly one thing that i saw from that as opposed to huga and a couple other terms on there is i just felt like the way it was depicted in some of the links it went to and i guess we'll have to link this um it's more of a it's more of a thought a mindset than just kind of like a a sense, a feeling, you know, when it gets dark in the winter and I assume in Scandinavia, there isn't a lot of light for a number of months. Max, you might be able to speak to this being from the Boston area when I know where I know there's less sunlight. There's a, how do you deal with, you know, seasonal, the the seasonal, the sad, how do you deal with that? You try to find happiness in the little things. I think that's less of a mindset than this this Japanese term. And so that's where me saying it's not as silly was, is I thought, oh, I like this term. I like this thought. That is in a vacuum aside from adopting it in the other things. I think, Sean, you should, you know, go ahead and reject that. All right. Is it it's time Is it time for me to start venting? Uh, yeah. I'm Max, can you hand me the seatbelt over there, please? <laughs> so oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, he's he's right, strapped let me, into. Let me stretch up first. Gotta crack the neck. Gotta loosen up the jaw muscles. All right. So this ding. is another. This is just another entry in a series of classic examples of. Um, American hipster dicks mm. uh, appropriating another culture's lifestyle word uh, to to help them build out a Pinterest board, and they can all go fuck themselves. Okay, every I, single I, one of them. Yeah, no, I, that's that's not a bad. <laughs> that's I mean, that's honestly not a bad take. All and, right, and, but let me let me let me flush it out a little bit so it's not quite as combative from the hip and not quite as mean um i i am 100 percent, absolutely without question in favor of the idea of seeking meaning and purpose in your life i think it's good i think it's important i think it's kind of fascinating that the japanese have one word that distills the whole concept down, you know, it, that they are able to take that and have one word that encapsulates the whole thing. I think that's cool too. Sure. Uh, however, we don't have the one word in English. And, but how, but the idea is so it's so commonsensical to me that it like it, it almost my first thought when I read this was like this philosophy, this mindset, it shouldn't require a word in any language in a way. Like, does that make sense? Like it it should be so 
it seems yeah. like it's so core to just living life that you know it, it as to be self-evident and then titling a piece is ikigai the new huga just puts everything in the perspective of which one of these foreign lifestyle words are us american hipster dicks going to co-opt next and I think that you're you're right there, and I in our discussion of it, I, I have to I have to say that the Pinterestification of these words, this this appropriation, that does really suck. I think where I see it could be positive is you're you're kind of you're in a place where you're un, maybe you're unhappy, maybe you're unhappy with your work, and and you're reading, and you see a an article about about ikigai and you think oh you know what i that's this is something i think about the idea that it could spur you to in a non like look at look at my pinterest board type of way in an honest like i need to recalibrate my mindset i think of it i'm more optimistic than you i think and thinking that it's not just this appropriation uh i i could read that i could do a little research on the term and think, yeah, you know, I do need to adopt that a little bit more. Max, something that you bring up to Sean and I a decent amount um, is the Netflix documentary on minimalism. I don't know that that's very different than this. I mean, you watched that and it had an impact on you, and that's a similar kind of mindset, is it? I mean, similar. It is a mindset where it's, you know, one word and it really encaps- encapsulates a different lifestyle, does it not? Yeah, no, I definitely think there's a lot of uh, a lot of parallelism there. I'd say the whole the the general idea behind that entire documentary is, you know, get rid of things in your life that don't uh, have meaning, that don't make you happier. Yeah. So it's not you know it's not just get rid of everything that you don't need, but it, it sort of is. You know, if you have a DVD collection that you never watch or use, we'll get rid of it. But if you have a book collection that you love and cherish and it means a lot to you, well, don't get rid of it. Yeah. Right, but it, it, it comes back to think about how, think about how after that came out, it, you know, minimalism had a, sort of a brief cultural moment yeah. where everyone was talking about it. And where are we now? I have I have no optimism that people are going to make sincere efforts to seek more, you know, more meaning in their life just because they know the word ikigai. Uh just like I have no optimism that people are going to follow through on their new year's resolutions, just like I have no optimism that anyone really understood what that Netflix documentary was talking about when they talked about minimalism. I, I just because they've given me no reason to have that optimism. Yeah, I, I think part of that, and I see what you're saying. It's if you are, you mentioned looking up Google Trends earlier. Is this a trend, or does it become something that is just it's just fact? You know, for pe- if you if you're into huga, you're into feng shui. Um, now you're into ikigai or you were into minimalism a couple of minutes ago, if you're constantly doing this trend fad thing of lifestyles, then they are just that. You are just appropriating them. You're not really engaging with them on a on a deeper level. Um, you know, a lot of people have 
different things that they look to for I think their morals and and kind of their guides. And what you're talking about is is people that are just cycling through these all the time, and that's that's a decent reason not to be optimistic. I think that's um, what's happening. I mean, I'm so I'm I'm looking at I am actually looking at the last five years of Google Trends for Huga Ikigai and minimalism in the United States, and all three of those things have peaked out in popularity in 2017. Um, hmm. minimalism uh, did did the minimal uh, minimalism documentary come out like over Christmas New Year's last year that sounds right yeah because it hit its absolute peak in the first uh, first week of 2017 Huga not long after that and both of those have now essentially already returned back to their uh, to roughly their um pre-2016 levels ikigai has had essentially no volume of search activity in the u.s until the last two months so i'm i'm pretty confident that these things are cyclical trends that are going to go away so you mentioned though that Things like living with purpose should be just so. Uh, yeah, Max. I don't. I don't. I don't understand when you say they're going to go away. You mean people are going to stop using them on Pinterest or whatever? Like, I don't think that the actual concepts go away. Yeah, people sorry, just might that's, not that's go up to I their mean. friends at a hip bar and be like, oh, "You need to learn about the ikigai." Like, uh, I don't know. Well, As someone who had never really heard these right, terms. But if that's the way you're using it in your life now, it wasn't in English. Yeah. If that's the way so you're, you're using... talking about the, the language. No, no, no. I, so okay. Well, let me see if I can distill what I'm what I'm trying to say. Um, Pierce expressed optimism or, or hope that perhaps the people who are are being exposed to these terms are going to do a little more. A little more looking for themselves and, and try oh, to try to actually learn about it as opposed to just getting swept up in the let me tell my other hipster friends about this cool Japanese thing I heard about craze. I'm suggesting that the evidence regarding how you know how often people are taking to the preeminent source of information on the internet and looking for these things. I'm saying the evidence doesn't support it. In fact, it supports my extremely cynical view of this. And your cynical view is is well founded, especially in not only you looking at these trends and how they're they're cycling, but also this goes back to something that we talk about with some frequency, which is the collection mentality of I think people of of our age, which is Oh, I'm super hip because I know about Huga and Ikigai, yep. and I've dabbled in minimalism. Look at I only wear I only have two pairs of pants and three different you know T-shirts or, or whatever the case is. However, sure. our, my apartment is very spare. Um, I, I think that you're well founded in in being critical because these things are they are not being internalized uh necessarily it's a oh look at me i know about this stuff i 
I traveled to Scandinavia and brought back this wool blanket and wear these special slippers because I'm into hoga. Right. And, you know, and it, and it, like you said, it's a thing we've talked about a lot before. We've certainly talked about it with um, chef worship and sort of experiential, um, uh, you know, food as art form. Um, I'm, I'm sure we've talked about it, uh, you know, with with movies if we haven't talked about it on the pod. Um, you know, I, I think, I think the biggest problem I have with it is that, you know, I'm a fan of, you know, committing to an idea as opposed to just focusing on the phrase. And I, I think that is guy, the new hugger like, like focuses too much on the words and not enough on whether people are actually trying to implement these things in their lives because, you know, I think I said this when we initially talked about this article is like, if you all of a sudden are just now like you're jazzed up about a, you know, a purposeful life because you heard about Ikigai over this summer, like that idea was not missing from the culture it was not missing from life in America yeah. until now. It just didn't have a snappy Japanese one-word term, you know. I, and I, I, I mentioned the example of the book *The Purpose Driven Life*, and I'll, I will open by uh, acknowledging that I have not read the book *Purpose Driven Life* but I'm pretty sure my mom has, and I'm pretty sure she loved it. It's, you know, and it focuses more from a religious standpoint, you know, and, and and how you find meaning that way. But, you know, it was a New York times bestseller for almost two full years. Um, Like this, (laughs) this idea of, of seeking some sort of purpose, you know, has been around, even if it was framed, in the context of religion, you know, you probably could have taken that in and said, you know, even if I don't agree with, it, you know, it being focused in this one area, like, this is an idea we can all get behind. Yeah. And I think with that, with even if it's a book like The Purpose Driven Life, it's, it's or any of these terms, um, I, I think it's fine to be cynical, but if it does stick with someone, if it does become their compass and they do really absorb it, uh, you know, I, I, that's, that's where I'm optimistic. And that's where, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I was getting at with when I presented this article, because I think of, I think of almost Huga seems to be, and what I've read about it and what I've heard about it before is kind of a reaction to certain circumstances you're going for coziness when it's dark outside and, and trying to trying to find happiness in a situation. Um, and and maybe that's a little too narrow of it. Maybe it is broader, but I did feel like this this other term, this ikigai, um, it it is a little bit bigger. It is more, okay, how how do I absorb and, and think about my life as, as having purposes? Now, again, that doesn't matter if you don't actually uh, adopt it. And recently I rewatched one of my favorite mi- movies, Alphaville, which really has stuck with me. And this is only the second time I watched it. I watched it one time and it stuck with me for, I think I first watched it four years ago and it, it deals a lot with, uh, it's very frightening in today's society and, and 
figuring out, you know, who who is defining the terms that you use coming about back to talking about terms and you engaging with them and asking the question of why. And that's something that I think about constantly and it's one movie that not all it's kind of a silly movie in a lot of ways. So be it Huga or or the minimalism documentary, I guess that's where my optimism comes from is if one person kind of resets their life and can absorb it, I think it's good that this marketplace of of ideas is is present, even if it's on a nominally a food blog, as you pointed out. That's fair, and and, and I hope that's what happens. I hope that people, uh, you know, I hope that people sincerely, you know, undertake, you know, a, a mission. Uh, you know, with the goal of, of finding purpose and meaning and, and keeping it in their lives. Now, if one person does that and 20 million hipster dick bags create hygge Pinterest boards and then, you know, don't, don't add any more pins to them after December of this year and quietly delete them in 2019... Uh, does it outweigh the one person who got it right? I don't know. When you said hipster dickbags, you mentioned you mean people, not the uh, curated craft underwear that's available on Pinterest, right? (laughs) Hey, we are trying to get them to sponsor this show. Oh, come on, man. I I love my pair of hipster (laughs) dickbags. They're a polka dot. (laughs) Oh, that's just Terrible. Mine are houndstooth. Oh, houndstooth! I, um, I, I, I always, I always knew that you know all all the time that Alabama beats LSU, you have to you have to own it somehow, and it's by wearing houndstooth. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the case. Um, <laughs> I, I'm glad I'm glad we've injected a little levity into this and and sort of cut my rage. Um, I do I, I do want to know with Max though. Being from where you're from, it is it starts getting dark at like three thirty in the afternoon. You'd be coming home from school, and it would start getting dark. That's right. Did how did you deal with it? I know the answer is video games. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean we had a lot of fires mm-hmm. in my house. We used our fireplace often. Co's go for the co's. Go for the hot co's. chocolate. You know, oh, okay. slow cooked meals that make the house smell nice, and a lot of sleep. Oh, well, I, I mean, that's and there's not. You don't need a Scandinavian. You don't need a Danish word for that. That's just you, that's your reaction to the situation, and and you make the most of it. Which is, that's my I think, that's I think that's all this is. Even if it's your life, what do you do? You make the most of it. Yeah, go for the cos. Yeah. So whatever whatever it takes for you, I guess. And I'm curious, you know, the the listeners out there, if if you've got a, a word that that you've adopted and does inspire you, or if you've got a really cool Pinterest board, you know, you son of a bitch. I don't know. I mean, I've actually never really been on Pinterest, but as as someone who, as we started this podcast, is trying to rearrange parts of their living space, I'd, I'd like a little cozy cozy nook to to. <laughs> Maybe maybe I'll set up a, a bar there. I could I could do that. There's a plug. I I could get a one of those glass front beer fridges, except they're like eight trillion dollars. Yeah, yeah. You just need a clove in your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh, you oh, monster! No. All right, all right. Tell us tell us how you're a monster. Um, 
no don't do that yeah uh uh but if you uh if you want to agree or disagree with uh what we've talked about if you want to call me a an asshole and and say that i'm close-minded and and not open to new things you probably aren't wrong but uh come find us on facebook or twitter at pretty okay pod and uh let us know that way we would love to hear from you and while we are waiting for you to do that uh let's move on once again to our recurring segment pierce is sorry and what is your apology this week sir um so uh so actually the same day that I left work early to rearrange my room, um, my office does hoteling. So I'm sorry. Hang on. You left work early for the specific purpose of rearranging your room. Uh, no. Yes. <laughs> not, not, a, I can neither confirm nor deny. It's really kind of hazy even to me. I'd say that I, I it was one of those where I'm at work and I don't need to engage with humans anymore, and I've done pretty much everything I need to do for the day. I went home, continued to work, actually did a lot of stuff in my new space, um, and um, very much in, enjoyed having redoing my space. So I think it, if anything, it energized me and, and made me work a little bit better. Um, but in that morning, and we've discussed this before on the podcast, actually, I, uh, my office does hoteling. So uh, I had a space that I had reserved. I get to work, and there's someone's stuff in that space. I stand for a while and kind of wait for them to come back, but then I had to get on a phone call, so I kind of pushed their stuff to the side and sat in the seat. So I'm on on this call. I can't really pay attention, and then I'm looking forward because I see that the person is coming back. And I'm, I'm trying to avoid confrontation. I'm also on a call, so I have some plausible deniability. Um. But as this person is walking away, I realize that it's actually someone I know. Not that I work with day to day, but I know them and they're a good person. And so ultimately, I'm, I'm sorry this week that it took me so long to figure this out, how to respond to them. Because I wanted to acknowledge that I knew it was them. Um, but my big problem was... And I said this to some coworkers because I couldn't figure this out myself, and I should have been able to. I'm sorry for not being able to handle this uh, social situation, but they were in the wrong because they were sitting in my spot. So I wanted to express my unhappiness at not acknowledging them, but I wanted to make sure I did not apologize because they were the one who was being the dick by taking a spot that wasn't theirs. So maybe the real thing is is. I'm I'm sorry that that I engage with this stupid hoteling system of offices because it freaking sucks. It sucks. This is all ever since we started ever since we recorded that podcast about workspaces. All I wanted was for you to say that hoteling sucks because you you didn't commit to it then, and I just I want to. We're going to do a new – this is going to be a one-off segment. Uh, Sean is thankful, and I am thankful this week <laughs> that you have finally admitted not just to us and to the listeners, but really to yourself that deep down, hoteling is trash. I mean the problem is the same problem that it is with everything else in human interaction. <laughs> 
Don't expect people to be as reasonable as you think you are. That's the problem with hoteling. People are not reasonable. And they just sit down and they've got all this stuff and they have four or five drinks sitting there. Like how many times can you go to Starbucks before (laughs) 9 o'clock? And they've got all these drinks. And so I have to move their drinks, but I don't really want to move their food and stuff. And it's like, well, I'm following the rules, but I'm the one who, as we discussed – is wondering what the social implications of this are. Was it totally fine? Were they understanding? And were they like, oh, I tried to wave, but you were distracted, which I was. Yeah, it was fine. But that situation should not have had to happen. So. Uh, that You're right. It, it should not have had to happen. <laughs> anyways. Um, oh, that's fantastic. Um, and I think that you also uh, have a big idea from pop culture to close our show with this week. Is that yes. correct? Yes. So uh, this will come out, and I'll have, it'll have been a week or so since I went to this show. Uh, but speaking of social activities, I went to a concert by myself, which We've is something that I do. A lot lately. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my my uh, my going to concerts alone is is a point of fact. But I went and saw Thundercat at Nine Thirty Club, which nice. was which was. I think the word mind-blowing is wrong here, but very educational and and eye-opening because this is, and as I told you guys, this is a band set up and you have someone on a couple keyboards, makes sense, Mm -hmm. someone on a drum set, someone playing a violin, and then Thundercat himself, whose name I actually don't know, playing Uh, a... Steven Bruner. Steven Bruner playing a massive six-string bass. I've wow. never watched someone pay, play uh, the bass this way, but they they don't play it like your average punk band bass player. This is someone who is an artist, truly, with this instrument, and I highly recommend watching him play it. So I'm super glad you said punk bass player uh, because uh, I don't think you know this, but for 10 years... Uh, Thundercat was the bass player in the punk thrash metal uh, band Suicidal Tendencies. So, yeah, I guess when I say not, and and you're the one who kind of pointed this to me, uh, when I say he's not just a punk bass player, I mean he... The style of music, not a... The style of music, not... Yeah, a punk bass, not a punk player. Yeah. Yes, um... But and if it was a metal group, I bet that they were all pretty talented because metal groups are frequently very technical in their playing, which he absolutely is. Yeah, so it looks like uh, – I'm looking at some pictures. I think he still played a six-string bass with them, um, maybe a five-string for some, some portion of the time. Ba- the, the standard bass setup uh, for the non-instrumentally inclined is four strings. Yes. Um, but he – when he was in that band, he slung his instrument much lower on his body. Oh, now he plays it kind of up high. It's almost, it's, it's, it's very high. It's probably a, I don't know, like a 25 degree angle, 30 degree angle, um, with his, with his body. It's, it's getting close to a uh, vertical. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so Thunder, Thundercat, we, we talked about it, uh, when when you guys actually came down to visit in Charlottesville, Thundercat is one of those artists where it's like I—he's not really my cup of tea personally, but I can also appreciate that he's just really, 
really fucking good at what he does. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes, sometimes you should go out of your comfort zone and, and listen to a guy who wears a, a, you know, a six string bass slung somewhere around his sternum. Um, and it can just play the absolute shit out of that thing. It's a, it's worth your time. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, better than any, any hugger is uh, listening to Thundercat. So <laughs> oh boy. that's, that's well on, on that note, um, we should probably call it quits. That is uh that's the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at pretty okay pod, or drop us a line at it's pretty okay at gmail.com. If you want to let us know what you think, you can get yeah. this and every episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast at our home on the web. That is www.prettyokpod.com, where you can also find writings on everything from uh, cool songs that you should check out to uh, fruit consistency, Max. I thought it was conformity. That's right, Max. I figure if I say it enough times, maybe he'll actually publish it. Um and uh, and and you can catch every every episode of the show there, along with uh, when we you know when we talk about something uh, that we want to link out to, uh, that's where you can find it. Or if you want to listen in a slightly more conventional way, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or most other places where you get your podcasts. Uh, that way, you'll never miss an episode. And if you do that, please do us a favor: leave us a rating, review, comment. Primarily, if you have something nice to say, um, eh, you know what? Whatever, we'll 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 take it either way. Um, Goodness knows, we rarely have anything <laughs> nice to say, so I'm not gonna. Right, if you've stuck with us for you. for ninety, this will be. I think by the time this comes out, it'll be at least episode ninety. Um, so if you've been with us for ninety weeks, uh, you know us pretty well at this point, and and we really don't have much nice to say. That is that is correct. Um, but we would also appreciate it if you would, uh, share with a a friend who you think might like what we're doing too. We will be back again next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. Max. Thanks for listening.